Welcome into the second episode of the Best Bud Sports Podcast with your hosts David Hyman and Max Mudd, where we'll be keeping you one step ahead of your competition for fantasy football and bringing you all NFL news. Stay tuned to the end to catch the Best Bud's Best Bets, where we can make you the big bucks. If you enjoy our content, follow us on our socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We will be releasing a new episode every week to keep you up to date with everything football. Today, we'll be going through the 21st through 40th ADPs based off PPR leagues and debating who is being taken too high or too low. We'll wrap up with the NFC wins under overs lines and finding the best value in them. Today's going to be a good one. We're talking about mine and yours favorite teams we're going to be going head to head debating on how good the bears are going to be (laughs) (laughs) i find it a lot easier to talk about the nfc since we both have two nfc you know favorite teams so i think this is going to be a good one Welcome in, welcome in. Let's jump into it. We're going to go through just some ADP movers from our last episode from 1 to 20 to start off. Uh, If you didn't catch our first episode, you can go back and listen to that now. But from when we last talked about it, uh, some of the bigger movers that we saw was Kamara going up four spots. We talked about him at 20 just being way too low, so obviously that just changed in a week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we moved it. <laughs> the one that we were also right about was Austin Eckler going from three to two and Christian McCaffrey dropping to three. They switched spots, and uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Javante Williams going down from 15 to 20. Uh, that's the biggest drop from the previous week. So we were spot on with all three of those. The one we did kind of go around was CD. He only went up one spot, but... We were a little doubtful on his current spot when he was at 19 last week. Now he's at 18. Yeah, and I don't really see it, but somebody's got to move up, I guess. And when when you don't have very many receivers like the Cowboys do, you kind of you see the value, and a lot of people start seeing you know the targets that he's going to get. So it, it makes sense, but I still don't love it. Yeah, Dak's got to put the ball somewhere, and yeah. they are going to throw it. So CD's the guy there. I'm still not too high on him. I've been seeing a lot of fantasy guys say that CD's going to have a breakout season, though. Yeah. He's got a lot of talent. Just well, I don't. I don't like that CD went up and then Tyreek Hill went down. That that's that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. Tyreek has been proven that it's going to work, and I think they're just really going to force him the ball. So that doesn't make too much sense to me either. But let's jump into this week's breakdown of the ADP 21 through 40 picks, starting off with Aaron Jones at RB12. He's the 21st ADP right now. I like Aaron Jones. He's a good running back. He's a good receiver, and he kind of does it all, so. I don't I don't hate that. He might even he kind of deserves to be higher on this list in my opinion. Yeah, I think now that DeVonte Adams is gone, they are going to be giving him more targets and more receptions. I know AJ Dillon's kind of going to take over a large role for rushing downs, uh those short goal line carries. Aaron Jones probably is not going to get them this year. AJ Dillon proved that he can 
really run the ball and that he has the talent and ability to get into the end zone in those short situations. But I still like Aaron Jones a bunch this season. That Packer offense has always had a lot of points put up through fantasy, and I see it continuing even without Devontae Adams. And I like Aaron Jones going higher than this as well. I would grab him in the 16 to 18 range personally. And Javante Williams being above him, I don't love that either. Yeah, I I think Aaron Jones would definitely be a better pick. A.J. Dillon's a good running back, and he's definitely going to get the goal line carries because he's a big, strong dude. And he, I de- that definitely slipped my mind. So Aaron Jones, I still think, is is definitely good to take in that 16 to 18 spot that you said. But A.J. Dillon is going to eat into it a little bit, so it makes sense why he's down here on the list. Um, big fatty Lenny, uh, <laughs> Leonard Fournette at 22, showed up to camp 260 pounds after signing his $21 million extension with the Buccaneers for three years. Um, he was spending that $21 million on some Big Macs. Yes, he has been. That uh, is a fucking big boy. And I, I'm pretty sure he came out of college big. He was like 230 or 235 in that range, but 260 is big. Yeah, I remember similar reports for when he was in Jacksonville of him coming in before training camp and just being too heavy. That's true. But I don't know. That's a lot of weight from yeah. where he was last season, and he's not already not the fastest back. But how do you like him here at 22? Do you think he... Well, he's definitely getting goal line carries at 260. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's proven that he's a good running back. I think he's just inconsistent. Um, They kind of take him out of the game plan sometimes, especially when they start throwing the ball a lot because he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield too much. They had um, Ronald Jones did a lot of that for them last year. So, Yeah, and he had those fumbling issues that kind of took him out of the game plan later in the season. Yeah and Fournette kind of became the featured back. Uh, this Tampa Bay offense is still good, and they are going to produce a lot of offense. But I am not high on Leonard Fournette. I am actually would be taking Saquon Barkley, which is a huge risk in a lot of people's eyes just because of the injury trouble. But I like Saquon Barkley. I think this is his bounce-back year, and I would be taking Saquon Barkley in this spot for sure over Leonard Fournette. I wish I could disagree with you. Um, Saquon Barkley is definitely the better back, talent-wise. In in the offense that he's in, it is a risk. But I mean, I I would take him over Leonard Fournette also, just just based off talent and the fact that Saquon had a bad year. I, I feel like I feel like they're really going to use him a lot, and he's going to get his chance. So I would definitely take Saquon over him. But in between those two guys at 23, Mark Andrews, another tight end. Tight end two off the board. Uh, I don't like tight ends in the first two rounds. Yeah, we talked about the tight end trap last yeah. week. I was very passionate about it. Um, I am typically the guy that wants to take the tight end closer to the six to eight round range. And Mark Andrews, again, great talent. Lamar Jackson is going to throw him the ball, get him his receptions. If you see him falling, I would take him off the board, theoretically at like 30, but that's as soon as I'm drafting him. 
I just hate having a tight end that early. There's just so many good players still on the board. And this 21 to 40 range this year in the draft is actually more difficult in years past. Uh, there's just a lot of deciphering to do of a lot of players that are going to, I think, fall pretty closely in the final points. But with the final points being where they are, I don't think Mar- Mark Andrews can keep up with this 21 through 40 range. Yeah, they did get rid of Marquise Brown, but I just I don't like tight ends this early. It's just it never it never works. Um, I th- I think every time somebody takes a tight end in the first or second round of our league, I don't think they've ever won. They always they're always hamstrung by a bad tight end game because tight ends can be taken out of the game plan pretty easily, much more than a running back or a receiver. And so I I just don't think taking a tight end early is the best option. And then 24, we talked about Saquon Barkley coming off an injury. Again, I still like him. The talent he was his rookie year, he's got the work ethic, I feel like, to be back to where he was. And I am always rooting for this guy. When he was running the ball his rookie year, it was some of the best football highlight tapes just amazing to watch. I remember that one game. It was a Monday night game or a Sunday night game playing against the Eagles. And he was just making big chunk yard play after another. It was that phenomenal. Was I want him to get back to that. And that's why I'm taking the risk on him at 24. I would take him in that 20 range. I wouldn't take him before Aaron Jones. Definitely get Aaron Jones off the board before Saquon. But I still like him higher than where he's at right now. Yeah, Saquon's a lot of fun to watch his rookie year. I, 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 before he got injured, I was saying how I'd never seen a running back move like him. Like he, his hips are so fluid. He's fast and strong, and like it's a total package. But the the part that sucks is that he's just on such a bad offense. So it really hurts him and his fantasy production. So yeah, Saquon at twenty four might be, or as the running back fourteen was is definitely in the right area for him. And with the first QB off the board coming at ADP 25, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's good. And, I again, it's the same thing where taking a running back earlier at high score and receiver is definitely better for you. But Josh Allen is, is great. And a quarterback's always going to come off the board in second round, mid-second round. It always happens. Having a top-scoring quarterback is a lot of points. Um, when a guy's putting up 30 points a game, it's it's hard to not take him. But quarterbacks can be had much later with, you know, with new guys breaking out and players, like, just that have the running ability, like Jalen Hurts last year. I took him real late, but he, he did a, have a good fantasy season just because he's got that rushing ability. And I, I just don't really love Josh Allen here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, any quarterback, it's kind of like the tight end trap similar. It's not as bad in my opinion Yeah. because you can get that guy that will consistently put up your 25 points for you week in and week out, and that is going to win you some games. When you start a wide receiver that has a dud game or a running back, you know, you had to pick up a guy off a waiver wire from injury or a bye week, and you have a quarterback that's getting you those 25 consistent point games, it helps a lot. And this is about, if I remember correctly, where Patrick Mahomes was being drafted last year. Yeah. But he didn't have the productivity that he followed the year before, and I kind of think that trend will continue with Josh Allen. You just won't see the year he had last year, as far as fantasy goes. 
Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, Josh Allen is on such an upward trajectory. Like, he's been doing better and better and better every year. But I think this is the part where he kind of plateaus and still is very good. He's going to have a good year. I know the Bills are probably going to have a really good year. Um, but They might be winning games by so much that they might not need him. And that's another thing to look at. It, that that sucks when, when your team is – or when your quarterback is up 35-0 to zero and they take him out of the game in the fourth quarter just because they don't want him to get hurt. Yeah, or they're just handing that second-string running back all the carries. Yeah. So I don't think you take Josh Allen here. I think you let him fall a little bit. Um, if you're kind of missing those running backs or receivers – that you want, and he drops to that like thirty-five range is more where I see him going, in my opinion. Yeah, right. There's just so many. I think he'll finish in the top three quarterbacks still. Yeah, like, for he, sure. He's still good, and he's going to have a great season. There's just so many good options at quarterback that you can fill that spot without missing out on the running backs, and yeah. the receivers that are going. And right the, now. Yeah, the top receivers. I th- definitely more important to have those top running backs and receivers before the quarterback. But twenty-six. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. He has been so consistently productive throughout his career, and I always think he's going to have a bad year the next year, and he doesn't. He might. He's going for the record of consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to start a career. Um, he, he's very productive. He scores touchdowns. He's a big possession receiver. He's even got a little speed, but... I think there are even receivers that I would take over him at this point. So who are the receivers that you are thinking that you're going to take over Mike Evans? I think A.J. Brown on a new team, the Eagles, uh, is going to have a really good year. He was a great receiver on the Titans. I think they were just more of a a run-the-football team. And I think having Jalen Hurts being able to scramble out of the pocket and A.J. Brown's athletic ability, I think he'll be able to even break bigger plays. And he's not going to be the focus on the outside uh, with the Eagles. I, I think I think he's going to have a better season than last year, and, and he's been productive uh, in the past. So um, Mike Evans, of course, is always productive. He's he's just never the flashiest player. And maybe that's why I don't like him as much. He just doesn't make those big plays. <laughs> or he makes a big play. He doesn't make it look cool. Yeah, and you so, just don't get to see him making the big play on red zone where it cuts to the Tampa Bay game. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, that was fucking sick. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you. I like Mike Evans around this range. Um, if you have your two running backs off the board, say you double-tapped them, you got two running backs that you like in the first two rounds, um, and he's falling a little bit. The 26 is a bit high. But if he's falling to you, I like him as your first receiver in that I think he'll have a more productive season than Keenan Allen and A.J. Brown, which are those three receivers right there. I just think he's going to score those touchdowns with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's going to have those passing touchdowns. He's proven it. He just can't. Father time's not catching up to him. Mike yeah. Evans is going to stay good. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. That That is a tough spot right there. But even with those three receivers, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, I mean, there's still James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott sitting right there at 29 and 30. So... So if you go receiver running back and you need to fill both those spots, I agree. You don't take Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, or A.J. Brown, though. I think you fill that running back spot right there with Zeke, not James Conner. I'm going with Zeke at 30. I like the productivity that Zeke will hold this season. I think they – I know Tony Pollard slowly started to take 
Slowly, he took all the carries. They basically didn't. They didn't even play Zeke at the end of the season. It felt like he was. He was. It was the Tony Pollard show. Yeah, but just like Saquon, we remember that Zeke. That was his rookie year, but he still makes those big plays. And I, he just got paid the previous year, so he was kind of in that holdout phase where he didn't get a true off season. I think he's going to take a step forward this year. And Tony Pollard's a great running back. He's going to get time but so is Zeke and I think that offense is super explosive I like taking Zeke at 30 or above that group that we're talking about right now James Conner AJ Brown I think Zeke's definitely gonna have a better year than last year I don't think Tony Pollard is gonna be as much of a factor as last year Um, but James Conner doesn't have a Tony Pollard behind him so I think I'm definitely taking James Conner over Zeke Elliott just due to the fact that he takes every goal line touch and there's no backup to him. I mean, they got the the guy from the Kansas City Chiefs to back him up. And just, I love James Conner. I am saying this as a Cardinals fan, but... Yeah, there's the bias and David coming out. No, I'm just kidding. But I have seen some critics come out and just say, can James Conner come out and score the touchdowns he did? Because he relies heavily for his fantasy points to score touchdowns. And he scored a lot last season. Yeah. Um, he's coming in at RB15, which I'm not saying he's going to bust or anything. I no. think he'll have a good season. I think this is the range that you should take him, honestly. Yeah. I think ADP is pretty accurate, but I like Zeke. And here comes my bias. I like David Montgomery over James Conner. <laughs> <laughs> David Montgomery is a good running back, but... He's at 33 ADP. Um, he's got Cam Akers actually is right there too, which we haven't seen much of Cam Akers still. He got that injury rookie year, came back for a little bit last year, but we haven't gotten to see him be the feature back, and we'll see that this year. So there is a risk there, and that is a great offense. Um, I think that's a little high form just due to the risk. Like You know what you're getting out in David Montgomery. A good pass catcher, and they rely on him heavily for check down for a young quarterback in Justin Fields. I think I'm taking him just because of the safety blanket that he's going to score 12 points. Well, the problem is that he plays for the Bears. Yeah, it's not a high-powered offense, and that's what you look for in fantasy game or fantasy players to be on those high-powered offenses. But when you're getting the six catches, four to six catches, those are automatic points, and then whatever yards he's getting, I like just to be secure that he's going to not have those dead games, which helps a lot in those PPR leagues. Yeah, I I definitely agree with taking him over Cam Akers. Uh, David Montgomery is actually a lot of fun to watch. People just bounce off of him, and he is he's good. I just – there's just something about it that I don't trust, like – he he seems to kind of fade at the end of games. Sometimes it seems like he's not the guy that they trust in those moments, or you know, and even just to to get big bulk yards. And well, because the Bears are usually down at the end of the game, they're not going to run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you got a point, but I I do like David Montgomery. I think RB eighteen is actually a little too low for him, but. Taking him in that 28 to, to 30 range is, is definitely where I would go. We skipped over one at 31, which is T. Higgins. Uh, I actually think he should be higher just because of how high-powered 
Well, Cincinnati's a, offense. This is the first number two receiver on this list because the number one receiver is Jamar Chase. Chase. He's all the way up there. Is way higher, which makes sense. And T. Higgins is probably going to see a lot of looks this year just because Jamar Chase had such a great year. I just I, – I don't really like T. Higgins. I feel like he gets injured too often, and he's not reliable. I don't like that at all. I like him – to go a little bit higher in that group with Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and A.J. Brown. I would take them all ahead of him. I, the only one that I really think I would replace him with is Keenan Allen. I like Mike Evans and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has a little bit of a scare with Jalen Hurts just seeing if he can deliver the deep pass to him. But T. Higgins is a great receiver, great route runner and Cincinnati wants to throw the ball, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to have a lot of yards. And I like him. I think he's more of a secure target than Keenan Allen. I think you will get that average that I'm talking about with some of these other players more out of T. Higgins than Keenan Allen. I think that's wrong. But I'll let you have your opinions. (laughs) And then going to pick 34... And this is QB2. Patrick half a billion Mahomes. Patrick half a billion Mahomes. This is where I think Josh Allen should be as well. I think this is like that 34 to 35 range. It's the first time you should consider taking the quarterbacks. Um, but I also still think it's a bit too high. Yeah, I would, I would definitely think about taking Mahomes here. It, this it is would, your third pick rolling around. It's so, hard to pass up. It is hard to pass up because like we talked about, he's similar to Josh Allen. He's going to be week in and week out getting you those 25 points. He'll save you some wins. But there are so many good quarterbacks this year in fantasy, I feel like, that I may wait a little bit longer. And these three, two next picks, three including Patrick Mahomes, I don't like any of them. I think they're all going too high. And Justin Herbert's at 36 at QB3. And Kyle Pitts... It's 35, tight end three. Justin Herbert at, at 36 is – I don't like that at all. I love Justin Herbert, but he he's good. I just don't see him as a fantasy quarterback that's going to be giving you all those points like that. Um, I know he had a great season last year, and he's going to have a great season this year. But just those quarterbacks so high. You can always find value in quarterbacks in, like, the, the fourth or fifth round – you'll still get a really good quarterback who's going to put up a lot of points and you can have a better running back and receiver combo to go along with your quarterback. So I just, I don't like the quarterbacks there. Um, even Justin Herbert finished second quarterback for fantasy points last year, he had 5,000 yards passing. He eclipsed that mark. The thing that I'm seeing right here and Josh Allen's going to go earlier. Josh Allen's, had more than double his rushing yards and double his rushing touchdowns. That's why Josh Allen is going to go higher. Justin Herbert had 20 more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes, though, and they had more similar stats. Justin Herbert had 200 more passing yards, uh, one more passing touchdown. They both were in the 300s for rushing yards, and Justin Herbert had one more rushing touchdown. These two quarterbacks obviously are bunched together. Tom Brady's not even on here in this round and Tom Brady was QB3 last year and that's just kind of more to my point 
that there's those quarterbacks. Probably like fourth, fifth round, but still, he he was taken late, later than these top guys, and finished third overall. I think Matt Stafford was. I th- I know he got moved up a lot because he was on the Rams, but he was taken pretty low too. I, I remember him falling quite far, and I was surprised. And so. then, I guess you could. This is where you take Josh Allen for sure. Yeah, I, like if Josh Allen's there, you're grabbing. You have him. to take him. These two, I like them a little bit deeper, uh, but obviously, according to what you picked or in the earlier rounds, if you went running back, running back, I think you take a receiver here. If you went running back, receiver, I could, I could see you taking Patrick Mahomes at like that thirty-eight to forty range. Yeah, and that's the range when you want to start taking guys like that 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 are going to be scoring twenty. 25 points a game that it's hard to pass up this you know this late in the in the draft so I see it but it's still not my favorite thing to do I feel like there's a better strategy to do it yeah Um, and we'll get to those other quarterbacks next week for the 41 through 60s really when you want to start hammering them home I think that fourth to fifth round you still have great value in those quarterbacks and there's running quarterbacks all over the league now and they are typically the better fantasy quarterbacks I like to kind of aim my fantasy team around picking a quarterback in the fifth or sixth because I still think you find great value there. Yeah. But Kyle Pitts being at 35, the tight end three. Kyle Pitts did not live up to his draft position last year. Um, I don't really see him living up to this draft position this year either. I completely agree with this one. The quarterback uh, Not even the tight end trap. I just think he won't finish in the top three tight ends. Yeah, exactly. There's just too much, too many ifs on the, on the Falcons' offense. I mean, Marcus Mariota at quarterback is never a good thing when he's your starter. Yeah, and he had a great quarterback in Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan can throw the ball. Some people don't think he's great, but he's he's a good, accurate quarterback. He's better than Marcus Mariota. For, for sure. And maybe that might be a good thing for Kyle Pitts, though, just – Having more of a mobile guy able to break plays, and so if the quarterback scrambles out, I, I could see it working out for him. And it's more of a security blanket for a quarterback that can't keep his eyes downfield. That's true. So there, there are positives to taking Kyle Pitts, and that's why he's in this draft position, because people thought of these things. They think, you know, with without any great receiver on the outside and Kyle Pitts being pretty, kind of their best option. And Calvin Ridley is still suspended, so they don't have that as an option still. Uh, for betting, so yeah, like fifteen hundred dollars on a game. <laughs> yeah, that that sucks, but because of that, Kyle Pitts is the best option on that offense, and there there are a lot of positives. I just taking him this early on such a bad offense, I just don't see it. I mean, the, the Falcons aren't good. He's yeah. gonna have some garbage time points, but I I don't like that. There's definitely a lot more value on the board here. All right, and then I'm gonna bunch these guys together. Yeah, um, thirty-seven through forty. 37, Antonio Gibson, 38, Deontay Johnson, 39, Josh Jacobs, and 40, Jalen Waddell. I like kind of bunching these together just to get your mind in the right place when you're drafting because these are the guys that are going to be available to you. They're going to be bunched together. I think they go picks in a row. Um, It's just kind of deciphering which guy you want to pick. Um, Out of these four, I'm going with the surprise pick. I'm going with the 40 ADP. The last on that list is Jalen Waddle. I think he has the best season and productivity out of those four guys by a pretty decent margin. I think 
Tyreek Hill is going to be that number one guy on the Dolphins, and Jalen Waddell will see a lot of defenses be wide open for him to have a lot of big plays, and I think they realize how talented Jalen Waddell is and how explosive he is, that they are going to force feed him the ball just as much as they are going to force feed Tyreek Hill. And now I'm just thinking about this. That is the shortest offense in NFL history, I bet. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Tua. <laughs> yeah. And Chase Edmonds. <laughs> Chase Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> they got little guys. Crazy. That is kind of crazy. but I th- That's explosive as fuck, though. They are fast fuckers, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's going to be... They might actually be a lot of fun to watch this year. That's going to be the team I'm playing with in Madden <laughs> every time I'm playing. Just so much speed. That'll be great. But I, I like Jalen Waddle out of those four, getting back to it. What are your thoughts? Um, I know you probably disagree. Um, Antonio Gibson. I like him. I liked him last year. Um, he's not the fastest guy, but he's going to get the touches. He's he just reminds me of Jordan Howard for some reason. He does have that Jordan Howard-esque run style where he's not fast. He doesn't cut fast, but he's, he's big and he makes plays. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, and I, I could see him doing well this year with, with Carson Wentz throwing the ball for the team. Um, I think the commanders actually got a little bit better. Over, over this off season, I agree. I think that division's getting a little bit better, slightly. But slightly the better. Eagles are definitely getting better. The Giants are kind of just lollygagging behind. The Cowboys are getting better, and the Commanders, I agree, are getting better. But Antonio Gibson does not really catch too many passes, and he's not the pass catcher. He will catch a couple, and you're you're right. He doesn't catch the most passes out of the backfield, but being the goal line back at this point in the draft um, is kind of what I like. If, if I'm still looking for a running back at this point, I'm definitely going to grab Antonio Gibson. I, I mean, even though Deontay Johnson is right there under him at 38, I, I'm still taking Gibson just because Deontay Johnson's got the ifs with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett um, still battling it out in training camp. So I, I think taking the sure, the sure starting running back on an offense that kind of has some new, has a new look to it. I think I think that would be my move. I don't like Josh Jacobs at thirty nine. Um, Josh Jacobs has had one good season. He's a good running back. He's a good player, but he just never gets it done. He he's never going to be the feature there. Um, I I don't, I don't like Josh Jacobs at all. With almost everything you just said, <laughs> Antonio Gibson with. 42 catches, 294 receiving yards. He's just not going to be that consistency of points. He only had a thousand yard. Not only he had a thousand yard rushing season, which is good. Seven rushing touchdowns. I just don't love him. I like Josh Jacobs higher than Antonio Gibson because that offense got way more explosive over the off season, and they are going to have a hard defenses are going to have a hard time game planning for Josh Jacobs just because he's going to be forgotten about. There's Darren Waller, there is Devontae Adams, and they still have my man, Hunter Renfro. And I like Josh Jacobs just to be forgotten about, like I was saying, though. He's going to have those rush yards. He is a pass catcher, too. He's kind of similar to... I just don't love Josh Jacobs because I'm pretty sure... 
I'm pretty sure that Josh Jacobs still has Kenyon Drake playing behind him. Um, and Kenyon Drake is still a viable running back, and he's going to steal some catches. My Antonio Gibson thing is that he doesn't really have anybody backing him up like that. Every, I mean, every team has a has a second running back that they trust, but um, Gibson doesn't have anybody that good uh, to take very many carries away from him. So, and I then, think, But Josh Jacobs did have those 54 catches, which you'd like to see. It is a decent amount more through the season than Antonio Gibson. So they want him to take that role on, and I think it's just going to open up even more for him with the offense being more explosive. And then going to Deontay Johnson, I just think this is way too high for him. I I don't even think he belongs in this group. Just having the uncertainty, like you said, he's had the drop troubles, and he's not necessarily the featured guy. We don't know if Mitch is going to, or whatever quarterback ends up starting, clings on to Chase Claypool, and they just got that uh, receiver out of Georgia, George Pickens, who's going to be an absolute monster if he just keeps his head on straight. Um, they've got some weapons, and that and that kind of takes me away from Deontay Johnson as well because when you got that many guys to throw the ball to, uh, especially with Najee Harris running the ball, there's there's just too much going on there. The the Steelers have a good offense actually, I think, um, but Deontay Johnson's not going to be one of the top 40 guys, in my opinion. So I definitely wouldn't take him here. And what are your thoughts on Jalen Waddell, which is the guy I am taking over all of these guys? I, I like Jalen like Waddell, especially with Tyreek Hill being on the other side. They're, they're not going to be trying to just cover. They're not going to cover two. or not, They're not going to send the safety over to one side of the field just to watch Jalen Waddell. They're going to do that to Tyreek Hill. And I think, I think Jalen Waddell is going to have some splash plays. Um, I'd like him. I like him a lot, but I'm, I'm still not taking him over Antonio Gibson. I would take him over Deontay Johnson and Josh Jacobs, though. All right, and that wraps up our ADP for 21 through 40. Uh, we're going to transfer on to the next segment right now, uh, just go into the NFC wins under over lines in which we find the most value in these picks, starting off with yours truly, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, my favorite team in the world. (laughs) (laughs) David's favorite team, if you didn't just catch that or throughout the full episode. (laughs) Uh, The line's at 9.5. They won 11 last season. David? You know, I have a lot to say right now. I'm going to try to keep it a little short. Um, The Cardinals are a good team. I think they're going to make it to the playoffs. Um, I don't see us winning 11 again. But ten wins seems pretty reachable. I, I don't I don't hate that. I think I think nine and a half is right where that line should be, but I would definitely be taking the over on it. Ooh, this is a tough one for me. I like the over. I think it's gonna be close to ten and seven though. They were the bloodbath division the past couple of years. I think this division has taken a step back. Um I think the teams I know the Rams just won the Super Bowl, but the Seahawks are a skeleton of what they used to be. <laughs> they are a terrible team, in my opinion. I think they may be the worst team in the NFL this year. So that division's gotten easier, um, but still really difficult games in the Rams and the 49ers. The Cardinals have always played their divisional opponents well. Except for when the Rams beat them 
eight times in a row. Well, okay. They play. They play the 49ers and, and the Seahawks well while they were good. So the Cardinals always show up in the first half of the season. So it's all it's all depending on what we're going to see out of the back half of the season. Because um, they were what? And 10, they get DeAndre Hopkins later in later on in the season. Yeah, after which a will, six game suspension, will help Kyler out a bunch. But uh, I like the over. I do, but it's going to be a tight one. Yeah, I really I, do I think agree. it will be a tight one. And then moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, this is my pick between the Seahawks and the Falcons. This is one of the two worst teams in the NFL, I think. And their line is at four and a half, and they won four last season. I think they got worse. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under too. <laughs> I, I didn't, four and a half is a hard line to take under on. But they won four last year, and they got worse. So I would have to say the under is probably the smart play there because they they fucking suck. They're so bad. Oh, man, they lost Matt Ryan. And I think we might kind of see a Cinderella story, maybe not the ending that Matt Stafford had with Matt Ryan. I think he goes to a new system, and people start to really see – how talented Matt Ryan is. Yeah. Because Matt Stafford never really got to shine on the Lions. He was in that terrible program that the Lions have. But I think Matt Ryan will make shines on the Colts, and the Falcons are going to go further south. Marcus Mariota is not the quarterback you want to be starting the season with. Nope. That's for sure. Especially without Calvin Ridley. That's – Arguably their best player. They lost their best safety, Keanu Neal. Um, they, they did not take a step forward at all. They took Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, and I just don't see him panning out even in the next few years or ever. He's not good. The Falcons aren't good. Take the under, four and a half. Lock that one in. All right, moving to Carolina Panthers. A lot of low ones. There is a lot of low ones in the NFC. Carolina Panthers at five and a half. Last season won five. I'm not even thinking about this one. Over. I actually love the over on this one. I think Christian McCaffrey starts to make strides to be back to being healthy. If Baker's playing, they are going to win more than five and a half games. That is so low because Baker is a good quarterback. I don't think people remember what he did for that Browns team that first year he was drafted, and he came in against the Jets. He turned the Browns franchise around he gave him that swagger back i think baker can do it again with the panthers i'm not even thinking about this five and a half line i'm hammering over i love that one yeah this one's not even a question to me um panthers over five and a half they're at least winning seven games in my opinion like you said baker mayfield literally they they had the chains around the bud light fridge until they (laughs) until they won a game and baker mayfield did that for them so Came in at primetime against the Jets and won that fucking game. <laughs> I, yeah, this is not a question. Panthers over. Oh, Bears. God. The Chicago Bears at six and a half. Um, that's an under all day long. Not even thinking about that one. The Bears suck. <laughs> Ouch. Well, <laughs> I got to get my hopes up. The Bears got to be back. The Bears are back. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've I've heard people talk about how the Bears might be the worst team in the NFL this year. You know, I have 
seen a lot of that. <laughs> I'm on Bear's Twitter, and I have definitely seen that narrative. But I got to stay true. I think with the talent Justin Fields has, he can bring the Bears home a couple of wins um, and, um, by himself. And we have a pretty easy schedule just going through. I think we can pull off six and a half. It's going to be a close one. I'm not saying we're going to do anything special. We did lose a lot of players, a lot, last year. And we weren't good last year. <laughs> but I see us winning. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to do that as a pride pick. Seven wins, seven and ten. <laughs> That's pride. <laughs> That's just pride. No, I, I was just kidding. I think the, the Bears are better than people give them credit for. Um, the new Eberflus coach, uh, the coaching staff has a lot of changes. I, I think there's some good things moving in the right direction. Justin Fields is a good player. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for what he had to go through last season. <laughs> he handled it pretty well, honestly. I've, I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, you never saw him going out to the media and complaining about being sacked nine times against the Browns <laughs> yeah. in his opening day. Yeah, he, has, he had a rough start, but he's got the talent to – to be good, and I think once they make some additions, I think the Bears will actually be good with Justin Fields. Um, I'm still going to take the under, but I definitely think it's going to be close. They're going to be in that 6-7 win range, uh, in my opinion, uh, but they're, they're not worse than the Falcons. There's this, You can't be worse than the Falcons. <laughs> I think Seattle might be worse than the Falcons. <laughs> Seattle, Seattle's <laughs> down there. You can't be worse than the Falcons or the Seahawks. And I love saying that the Seahawks are bad because I haven't been able to for a long time. Yeah, as long as Russ has been there. Yeah. Um, well, besides last season. But Dallas Cowboys at 10.5, they won 12 last season. This is a tough one for me. This one is tough for me too because... The Dallas Cowboys are good. The Cowboys are good. But they lost Lyle Collins. Um, they lost a couple linemen, so they're best offensive line in the NFL is no longer. And I think um, I think they take a step back. Um, CeeDee Lamb, number one receiver. Amari, Amari Cooper's gone. I just their, – their defense wasn't the best last season. I just don't – I don't love it. I'm, I'm actually going to – I'm, I'm going to say the under. The only reason I would take the over is because of that division they play in. Uh, playing the Giants – twice a year and the commanders and the Eagles used to be easy, but those teams have gotten a little better besides the giants. They still suck. But I, I, I would pretty confidently can say that the Cowboys aren't going to win 11 games. Oh, it's, it's just tough. I think for me personally, I think it's going to be closer than that. I think Dak's a great quarterback and I think he can win your team games, but I think they will take a step back offensively. Personally, uh, just losing Amari Cooper, I think that's a major loss of a weapon for Dak. But this offense is still good. They still have Zeke. They have, obviously, touched on earlier, Tony Pollard is emerging running back to kind of offset that one-two punch. And they re-signed Michael Gallup. Um, on the other side of, of CeeDee Lamb over there, I they just re-signed him to a, a big deal. Uh, I think he's going to live up to that deal. He's a, he's a good receiver and I think he brings a lot to the offense. I just I just still don't see them winning over uh, 10 games. So I'm going to have to go with the over. 
okay. And I hate this one. Not a high confidence one, but I'm going with over. That's a tough one. Yeah, I think their division's just still lacking a little bit. They'll win those games. I think this next one's pretty tough too, though. I think the Detroit Lions, I have bagged on this franchise pretty much since I've grown up just because of how bad they've been. But I think the Detroit Lions could possibly... Oh, at six and a half, that's pretty high for the Lions. It is. They won three last year, and they still have Jared Goof. Goof. But they were right there in so many games. They were, like, right there. The Ravens literally broke the record for the longest field goal ever on a game-winning field goal to beat the Lions. Yeah. As the clock expired. Yeah, they did have a bunch of bad breaks. Uh, Justin Tucker. Did them dirty. Hit him. Hit it with his third leg. <laughs> Hammered that thing. Justin uh, the, Tucker does kick the ball with his third leg. He does. The it, week after, uh, Matt Prater on the Cardinals broke the record, which kind of upset me because the, a Cardinals player had the record for longest field goal made. It's cool for a week. The head coach is now Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is a crazy son of a bitch, but he is a leader of men. I really, I like the Lions just because they've been bad for so long. It's hard not to like them. They're always the underdog. I mean, they ha- they have the biggest playoff drought in the NFL. It's it's hard not to root for them. I'm I'm gonna say over six and a half wins because I, I just feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love. I kind of love the Lions, too, and they're in my division, me being a Bears fan. Uh, but Dan Campbell, dude, that is just a football guy. That's a football guy. When he went on the podium and started crying because they were losing games, I was like, that's my dude right there. <laughs> but I actually am still going with the under. Six and a half. I want them to maybe make some strides and not – Past the Bears, but if they if they get the over, will you let Dan Campbell eat your uh, kneecaps off? <laughs> what <laughs> he said, he said they're gonna go down fighting. You might take my arm, you might take my other arm, you might take my legs, but I'm gonna bite your kneecaps off. That's why I've, I just I really fucking like the Lions. I like the coach. It's hard to imagine them winning seven games, but I think they have it in them. They were they. They were closer than you think last year, even though they only won three. Um, they, they had some really, really close games. All right, Green Bay Packers at 11.5. Last season they won 13. Fuck the Packers. Just kidding. If you like the Packers, you're watching this, keep watching. It's just a friendly rivalry, I guess. <laughs> the Packers hasn't been a rivalry in very long. I actually, not just saying this biasly, I think they take a step back this year. Yeah, 13 wins was kind of un- unbelievable for them. Um, they didn't do anything too crazy this offseason. They, they did get uh, Devondre Campbell back uh, on a big contract. They got Preston Smith. Um, they, they, got, they got Sammy Watkins to replace Devontae Adams, which, of course, is never going to be equal. But the Packers are still a very good team. They have a couple really good cornerbacks. Um, in in Douglas and Jair Alexander, so they they're pretty solid all around. I don't think they are great in any one position like they were last year. Um, all right, and they got Christian Watson in the draft this year. 
That's right. Second round, the 34th pick overall. 6'5", 208, big body guy. Kind of, do you kind of think he'll take over that Devontae Adams role? I really liked Christian Watson coming out of the draft. Uh, he did come from North Dakota State, which is a small school. Um, but his, his body type, 6'5", over 200 pounds, runs 4'3 speed, has good quickness and agility. I, he's got all the tools to be very, very good. And I think after a couple seasons, he's for sure going to be there. But replacing Devontae Adams is something that is almost impossible to do. Devontae Adams has been one of the best receivers in the NFL for quite a while here now. He's not going to be as good as Devontae Adams. I won't let that happen. <laughs> I'm putting that out in the air. <laughs> no way Aaron Rodgers can make that man as good as Devontae Adams. Please don't make me go through that again. <laughs> that is unfortunate for you because he's going to be very, very good. Um, so the under or the over for the backers, what are you taking? It's a tough line. The uh, defense is still good. They have good players on that defense. Honestly, I said I couldn't see them winning 13 again, but I could see them winning 13 again. They, they are a good team. They are a good team, and I, I'm taking the over on this one. It's a tough over to take at 11 and a half, but, the, I mean, the, the NFC is just not as strong as it was, and especially the NFC North, um, the division they're in. They play the Bears and the Lions twice a year. Gives them a couple extra wins. The, the Packers are going to take over the win-loss record versus the Bears this year for the first time in many years. Um, I know you wanted to hear that, but it's going to happen. <laughs> so I, all right, I'm just kind of talking shit right now. I, I, the Packers are good. They, I'm going to take down their pride pick. <laughs> <laughs> Locking that one in on my DraftKings app immediately. Not thinking about it, but if I had to put my life on it, it'd be the over. <laughs> pride pick. All right. Moving on to Los Angeles Rams. Yes, now we get to go to your Packers. <laughs> All right. Ten and a half, they won 12 last season. They won the Super Bowl. High expectations. They're still a favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. What do you think about this one? I wish I had read the Rams right there before I started talking about the Packers the way I did. <laughs> so I'd like to apologize. <laughs> they signed Bobby Wagner. They got better on that side of the ball. They got Allen Robinson on the offensive side of the ball. Allen Robinson's a great receiver, and I know it's me, the Bears fan, talking about how good a Bears player is, but I actually think he didn't shine in Chicago because he was blanketed by Nagy. He will shine this year. He'll produce a lot of offense. People are going to see how actually good he is. I like the over on this. It's 10.5. I'm not just saying that to talk shit to you. I actually do think they will win more than 10.5 games. Um, I'm taking the over. I they did get better. They have Bobby fucking Wagner staying in the division. You just see that in your nightmares as Kyler. He like thinks he gets away because Bobby's gonna leave Seattle and he still has to it play sucks. twice a year. But they don't have Von Miller anymore. That's true. Um, they don't have Darius Williams, cornerback. He was he was really good for them. Um, they they lost a couple guys, but they they signed they re-signed their center. They lost Eric Waddle. They, yeah, well, Eric Waddle's played only in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. Hey, <laughs> he took him home. 
Yes, he did. Um, I'm taking the over on it. The Rams are a really good team. Ten and a half is actually a pretty easy line to take this one on. So I, w- I would say definitely, definitely pick the Rams over. We went over on both the Super Bowl teams. That's that's pretty risky, actually. Uh, yeah, we and Cincinnati was my pick. And that's my favorite pick. <laughs> one of them's going to have that Super Bowl hangover. I agree. So we'll see which one it is. But I'm going over on both of them. I'm not betting on either of them to have the Super Bowl hangover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving to the Vikings at 8.5. They won 8 last season. I swear they win this many games every year. So this is the perfect line. Yeah, it's eight and a half. One. It's a tough one. They're going to win eight or nine games. Nobody knows, but it's going to be one of those two options. I'm not picking this one. Um, well, I'll give you an answer of what I think, but I'm not personally betting on this one. I like the over. I would take the over as well, just because of the potential. That team has a bunch of talent. They never really could pull that together, but... Let's see if their new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, can pull it together. Mike Zimmerman never could. They had a bunch of talent. Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. They have a good quarterback. I know some people don't think he's that great, but Kirk Cousins, he's going to put up a lot of offense. They have an explosive offense. They have talent on defense. I like the over. I'm not super confident, like I said, but... If Kevin O'Connell can pull it together, this team should take a step forward, and that's in the division. That hurts. Yeah, I I definitely see the Vikings taking a step forward. Um, They got Zadarius Smith, which is a good pickup off the edge. Um, They did get Jordan Hicks, who played on the Cardinals last year, and he's always been solid, but I think that does improve their linebacking core a little bit. They kept Patrick Peterson, who – is, just said he wanted to pick off the Mighty Mouse. He, yeah, he wanted to pick off Mighty Mouse, Kyler <laughs> Murray. I take that personally. But Patrick Peterson is not what he used to be. Um, I don't think they have a great secondary. It's it's tough to say over, but I definitely see them winning nine, maybe ten games. Moving on to the Saints, seven and a half. The Saints at seven and a half. They won nine. I am locking this one in. On the over. On the over? I like the over. Why? Dennis Allen is taking over the reins for Sean Payton. I think that will be a step down. Sean Payton was a great head coach. He'll go down in the Hall of Fame for coaches, I believe. But this team is still very good. And Jameis Winston is coming back. I think they get better. They obviously were just fucked the entire season last year for quarterback. Taysom Hill had to start some games. They had. They didn't have Michael Thomas pretty much the entire year. They didn't have him the whole year. They picked up Jarvis Landry. Drafted Chris Olave. And they get Michael Thomas back, like you were saying. Yeah. So that receiving core is very, very good. Yeah, even Traquan Smith is, as the number four receiver, uh, they, they have a pretty good receiving core there. And they have Alvin Kamara. And I think they will still be able to produce a winning season. I actually think you could see them winning nine again. They won nine last year. They'll go nine and eight or better again this year, in my opinion. They still have a good defense. You definitely just changed my mind. Um, The the Saints are going over seven and a half wins. (laughs) (laughs) 
they have a better offense than I was thinking originally. Um, Michael Thomas is a big part of that. He was considered the best receiver in the NFL two years ago, three years ago. I think Chris Olave might also potentially be the best receiver coming out of that draft. Yeah, exactly. And having Jarvis Landry there, it, it, they definitely they got better this offseason. Um, Saints over seven and a half. I'm I'm definitely taking the over after talking about it. <laughs> and then New York Giants at seven and a half last season. They won four. I don't think I'm thinking about this one either. And I'm taking the under. <laughs> I'm taking the under ten times out of ten. So we both don't think Brian Dable is really everything that they say he is, just because we're saying under. I actually think he's a great coach, but he this, is a great coach. This team is suffering right now. I think they need to tear it up and restart. I do too. And Brian Dable's gonna lead a good team for the for the Giants one day, in my opinion. Uh, but this year is not that day. Um, there's not enough talent on that offense for them to be successful. They have Sterling Shepard, who's a good receiver. They have Saquon Barkley, of course, but uh, Daniel Jones just has never looked like that guy who's going to be, you know, the, the franchise leader. He's not. He's not going to be what anyone wants him to be. So, and just when you think Daniel Jones is that guy, he falls over. He falls over on the five yard line. Yeah, he gets that big play and falls over. Yeah, so he's not that guy. I agree. This team just doesn't have enough talent this year. I. I want Brian Dable to succeed. I, I wanted him to come to the Bears. I thought that's who our top pick was for him to be a head coach for us, but we didn't get him. I was upset about that. So that's a great pickup for the Giants, but I think it just takes more than a year to turn the stones over for that team. Yeah. All right, moving to the Eagles at 8.5. They won 9 last season. What do you think? I think this is a tough spot because they won nine last season. Um, it, it seems like they got a little bit better. Um, get, I mean, getting A.J. Brown is huge. That's, that's going to add to any offense, especially with a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help him out a lot and his development. I think, I think they got better. I don't think they got worse. And with the line being at eight and a half and them winning nine last season, um, I, I think the over here. Yeah, I think this young team takes a step forward, having A.J. Brown, that leadership role for the receiving room. Devontae Smith, I think, gets better, and it helps out Jalen Hurts by a lot. And we've seen talent out of Jalen Hurts. He just kind of didn't have that full supporting cast. And I also think Miles Sanders takes a step here. And I know I've been high on him in previous years, and David has hated that I've been high on him. But now that they actually have the explosive wide receiver room that they're given, I think Miles Sanders can show the talent he has by them not being able to key on the run game whatsoever. Because Jalen Hurts is so dynamic when he's throwing the ball you're spying him. You're very worried about what Jalen Hurts is going to do, and now they have very good receivers that they have to worry about now. I think Miles Sanders has a breakout year. I think this offense will be in the top eight, and I think they will win more than eight and a half games. I think they will finish in the top eight for total yardage. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> 
I think we both agree, though, that the over on this one, I think this is a pretty easy line. Yeah, I, I agree. It, over for sure. And then moving to the 49ers at 9.5, last season 110. The 49ers are in a tough spot because Trey Lance was... I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that good either, but we haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, I mean, he played for a smaller college. He was really good in college. But that's we just haven't a, seen him on the big stage. It's just a different level of competition playing for those Dakota teams. Um, but I, I don't think that they're going to get the over on this one, to be honest with you. Nine, nine and a half, only winning ten last season. They did make a deep playoff run. Um, they played well. Debo Samuel, I mean, they have guys. They have, they have Fred Warner one of the best lineback- middle linebackers in the NFL. And they've kind of relied on that defense to win them some games. Jimmy Garoppolo had his struggles. Uh, I think we see Trey Lance jog out there. Um, yeah, because we still don't even know what they're doing with their quarterback. Nope. There's, there's not been an indication of who's starting or if Jimmy Garoppolo is even going to get traded. It's still possible that he's, he's not even on the team when, when the year starts. I think Jimmy G needs to be traded. I think they try to get anything for him um but nine and a half is tough for that team I'm gonna go with the over on this one just because I think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach and he will get them those wins and they will stick to that run heavy offense and then rely on the defense to win them some of those games I like the over but this is a tighter one I don't love it I don't I don't love the over. I, I don't love the under. I can they win nine and a half games in a season? Wait, I don't know. What I, how does that work? If you tie a game, does it give you half a win? <laughs> no, I actually don't know. No, no, it just gives you Yeah, because it's the wins. Yeah. That's fucked. Damn, could you imagine losing one of these fucking bets on a tie? If I, it was a half. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Yeah, if it was nine and a half and they went fucking Nine, eight, and one. Oh, sorry. Nine, seven, and one. I would <laughs> fucking break my phone. That's bad beats. Bad beats. I think we both aren't too confident on this one, though. Not at all. But if, uh, if I they'll had... be close to... If I had to say something, it, I'm, I'm going on the over. Oh, you switched. Didn't you start with under? I did. I just... The 49ers are a good team. They're well coached. They have good they've got good players. They have all the makings of a 10-win team, especially in a 17-game season. And so if if my life depended on it, I'm I'm saying the over. So we got that pride pick. <laughs> we got three of those in here now. Four of those in here now. Um moving to Seattle Seahawks at five and a half. I'm fucking hammering this under. They won seven last season. I don't think they can win five and a half games. This team is terrible. It gives me great joy to say the Seattle Seahawks are not going to win over five games. And I mean that. I'm not, that's not a pride thing. That's, the Seahawks are a bad thing. They're terrible. I don't... Yeah, I don't think they are going to be even remotely good. I, I don't even think we should waste our time talking about the Seahawks here. Um, I think you just put the under in and you move on. You just you take the under the and take the money. The only reason they won seven games last year was Russ. 
and now they lost that piece. I will say that Rashad Penny really came on at the end of the year. He's a good running back. Besides that. I mean, they got DK Metcalf still, but. Yeah, Tyler Lockett. They've got good players. They got good players. They suck, though. They, don't, don't let it stray you from the fact that they suck. <laughs> Drew Locke's throwing the ball, so. Yeah, we'll see how good those receivers are without Russ. Yes. Moving on now to Tampa Bay Bucks at 11.5. They won 13 last year. Tom Brady retires. Tom Brady comes back. Tom Brady's still the GOAT. Tom Brady will never go away. Just accept it. He's going he's to he's play forever. I think I'm going to have grandkids, and Tom Brady will still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know those memes where they're like, hey, Dad, how good was Tom Brady? I'll be like, well, I'll just watch the TV. He'll still be playing. <laughs> Exactly. Um, it's, he's a lot more likable now, though. Yeah, uh, I. He completely turned me over to yeah, the I right ne- side. I uh, never liked him before. Yeah, I hated him on the Patriots. I don't know why. They I mean they were so good, so it's easy to dislike him. But, but the Buccaneers are so good too. They've been good ever since he's been there. Yeah, but he's become like a bigger personality on yeah. social media. They, they they've allowed him to be, a, yeah, a personality where. Yeah, Bill Belichick hated that, and I think. You're kind of seeing that with Mac Jones, too. Yeah, yeah. You can tell Mac Jones wants to unleash a little bit, but... Yeah, the gritty in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> you can see it. It's coming out. <laughs> but Tom Brady and the Buccaneers... I think the Buccaneers got better. They didn't get worse. They, they're going to lose Gronkowski, of course, but, I mean, he was on... He's getting AP. old anyways. Oh, my God. I just remembered. They have the biggest fucking D-tackles. They got Akeem Hicks. Yeah, Akeem Hicks is a fucking monster, and they still have Vita Vea. If anybody tries to run any dive plays on that team, they are fucked. <laughs> just like they were last year with Ndamukong Sue, but... I, 11 and a half is so high. You just hate the line in general. This is going to be one you're sweating out. I think they're going to be great again. I think they'll make a playoff push again. As long as Tom Brady is still able to walk and talk and see, they will be good. But I'm going with the under on the Bucks, actually. Really? And I'm not super confident in it. They're going to win a lot of games. But winning 12 games, going 12 and 5, oh, that's so many fucking games. I, do they keep winning? Like, do they keep proving it? I feel like maybe. But I would rather go with the under on this one. Tom Brady has to fall apart at some point. It has to happen. It has to at some point. I don't think that point is this year. And Leonard Fournette is a fat fucker. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> They're not going to have a running game. They're handing the fridge, the ball out of the backfield. <laughs> I'm just convincing myself that Tom Brady's not going to be good. But realistically, this is probably stupid. I probably should take the over. I don't even have good reasoning for taking the under. This team is still very good. I just... He can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> he can't keep getting away with he this. Can't keep away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Wrapping it up with our last one with the Washington Commanders at seven and a half. They won seven last season. I like this over. They got Carson Wentz. They got better this year. I do too. Um, I think seven and a half is a pretty reasonable line to take eight. I mean, to expect them to win eight or nine games. It uh, doesn't seem out of the question. And I, I then think Carson Wentz will choke right before they get that wild card yeah, spot. Yeah, they'll, they'll, the, they'll miss the playoffs due to Carson Wentz, but they, 
they'll be in position to make the playoffs because of him. I also agree. <laughs> I think they will be around that eight and nine, which is only a half a game better than the line, or nine and eight range. But I like the over on this. Just seeing them go seven and ten just doesn't seem like that will happen. This, they have a good defense. I don't know how the therapy or physical therapy process is going for Chase Young. I haven't like kept up to date on that too much. But if he's back and healthy, that defense is it's a good defense with him. And this offense is getting better. They just signed Scary Terry to an extension. I think he's going to be happy with Carson Wentz throwing him the ball, actually have a good quarterback for the first time in his career. I think this offense, and you like Antonio Gibson, he's a good running back. He's not a good receiving running back. <laughs> and I actually do think he's a good runner. Like He looks like Jordan Howard. But Jordan Howard was a good running back on the Bears for a short span. Yeah, so. he's, he's just strong. He makes he makes some plays. I think they got the, the pieces to do it. I think this team will be – I am actually think this team can make a bigger step than even the 9-8 and eight range. If Carson Wentz doesn't choke, they could make it to the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs with Tyler Haneke. Well, he came in and played in the playoffs with Tyler Haneke. They had Alex Smith. But I think this is a good team, and I think they might be the team where they – you see them make that jump from being bad to good. I think this might be one of those teams. I think they're going to be one of the biggest surprises of this year. There's going to they're going to take because a, a lot of people don't think that they're going to be very good. I think, um, I think I think they're going to surprise a few people. All right, and then give me your favorite over and under. My favorite out of over. All the lines we talked about. My favorite over, and you probably agree with this, is <clears throat> is definitely the Panthers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Baker is taking it home. I agree with this. I don't understand why this line is so low. I can't even believe they're saying there's a QB competition. If Baker doesn't come out week one, I will be mad. But this I'll, team, oh, and in week one, he has a revenge game. He has to come out. He but, has to play against the Browns. There's no, even, even if Sam Darnold wins the competition, they have to play. They have to play Baker Mayfield. But I agree, this over is a lock. I think they got better with Baker alone. Sam Darnold's not the answer. I don't even understand why they would be debating it. They just traded for him. I know they, they're paying a salary and didn't trade much for him, but still, yeah, Baker's no. landslide it's, over. It's definitely one of those things where they're just trying not to discourage somebody and, yeah. and keep trade value. And keep the fire under Baker. What about uh, your pick for under, what's your what's your surefire under pick for the NFC? All right, I'm going with the fucking Packers because fuck the Packers. No, I'm just kidding. I just want the Packers to be bad. They won't be bad. But I think my most confident under is going to be the New York Giants at seven and a half. They won four last season. I don't think they got better. And I know they got a new coach, but they just don't have the pieces like we talked about. It's going to take more than a year to flip this program around. What about you? Um, I would say the Giants as well, but just for the sake of picking somebody different, um, this is not a joke. I, it's, it's, I'm taking the Bears to go under six and a half. That is so fucked up. There's no way that is your most confident number. I swear. And that's probably how every fan feels when we say this for their under. But I like... I like the Bears to win more than six and a half. I'm, I feel good about it. They got an easy schedule, and you're just being a dick. 
<laughs> they have no big name receivers. That's why people don't trust in them. But they have Nikhil Harry and Byron Pringle, which are the two the highest chips. graded run blocking wide receivers in the NFL. And they got a better O-line. We really focus on getting alignment for Justin Fields. I think we'll be a running offense. We're not going to be fun to watch, but I think we could win more than six and a half. I love the defense. I love you coming to the defense for the Bears, but um, I'm putting my money on the Bears under six and a half. All right. Thanks for tuning in to episode two. If you enjoyed it, keep a lookout for episode three next week and keep tuning in.